This episode of Cut the Crap Podcast is brought to you by Sierra Sil Health. Sierra Sil Health is a company with a vision to help 1 million or more people live healthier and more active lives. One way they accomplish that is with Joint Formula 14. Many professional athletes have reported increased performance and decreased recovery times using Sierra Sil. Now, for those of you who demand a lot out of your body, give back to your body with the help of Sierra Sil for reduced inflammation and detoxification, which translates into reduced delayed onset muscle soreness and faster recovery times. Professional football players, NHL stars, amateur athletes like Kevin O'Connor, the fastest five-kilometer road racer in Canada, have all found the benefits of Sierracil to be vital to their success. So you guys, go ahead, test your limits. I bet you they're further than you think. All you need is the right supplementation to help you get there. So the folks at Sierracil want to challenge you and put you on the Sierracil 14-day challenge today so you can see what a difference these anti-inflammatory minerals can do for your pain. They are so confident in their product that they are offering a full refund if you're not entirely satisfied. So go to sierrasil.com and order Joint Formula 14 today. That's sierrasil, S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L.com. That's sierrasil.com. Filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. Hey, what's going on, you guys? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where I make sure week after week you never have to read another business book again, because I'm doing all that dirty work for you. I'm reading each book, I'm making notes on it, and I'm bringing the golden nuggets from each book to you week after week. So this week, we got a really good book, The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity by Corey Kogan, Adam Merrill, and Lena Rene. This book shows us that extraordinary productivity isn't actually about working harder, it's about working better. And we've heard that before, it's not about working harder, it's about working smarter, pretty much the exact same thing here. By learning how to streamline your decision-making process, focus on important work, and manage your energy, you will see an enormous difference in your level of productivity and work quality. That's from the jacket of the book in terms of what you're going to be getting from this book, and I agree with that for the most part. Who is this book for? Anyone that wants to be extraordinarily productive? Anyone that feels like there is too much to do in the day and not enough time to do it all? And finally, anyone interested in learning new techniques to gain a productivity advantage. So I really like this book, and I know that this book calls for five golden nuggets at least, given the title. However, I felt that two takeaways from this book weren't actually very strong, so I decided to leave them out. Those two takeaways were around a process that the author thought was valuable, and the other was around defining different roles, titles, and goals for yourself. So I kept those two points out, and I included only three of the five points that they wanted to include here. Um, like I said, those two just didn't add value to me, and I don't think that they would add very much value to you as well, too. So with that in mind, let's crack right into this book, Golden Nugget number one. Utilize the Time Management Quadrant. Now, the time management quadrant is a tool that you can put into place for yourself to better manage the incoming tasks that you have on your plate. To truly be productive, you need to focus on important but non-urgent tasks. The best way to get yourself focused and avoiding distractions is to organize your tasks into four quadrants of productivity. 
Start by creating a quadrant, then number them one to four. One in the upper right corner, two in the upper left corner, three in the bottom right corner, and four in the bottom left corner. Now you can do this on any type of format that you want. You can do it on a PowerPoint deck. I've seen people do it on a Word document. I myself love using sticky notes and flip chart paper. So I split the flip chart paper into four or four boxes, and then I put all my tasks in sticky notes. So now that you have your quadrant sectioned off, what do you do in each of them? In quadrant one, tasks that go in this section are both urgent and important. Items that go in here are emergencies and last minute requests, things that come into you last minute. In quadrant two, the tasks that go in here are ones that are important but not urgent. For example, a campaign proposal for a meeting that's due at the end of the month. In quadrant three, tasks that go in there are urgent but not important. So for example, responding to an email that needs to get responded to by the end of the day. Quadrant four, tasks that go in here are neither urgent or important. These tasks, they're things that you want to do, but nothing negative would really happen if you didn't do them. An example would be printing that white paper that you downloaded and sitting in your inbox and reading it. Truly productive people spend most of their time in quadrant two. The problem is that most people feel productive when they're in quadrant one or quadrant three because they're doing things that require their time right now. It's those urgent things that make us feel like we're accomplishing something. You want to stay in quadrant two as often as you can. The best way to do that is to use the pause, clarify, decide method to determine if the task is important. So before you do something, stop, pause, ask yourself if it needs immediate attention. And I put emphasis on the word immediate. If the answer is no, prioritize it along with the other tasks in your other quadrants. Now, I love this tool, really love this tool. I actually have, like I said, I have my flip chart paper in my office and all my sticky notes, all the tasks that I have, I actually have them on there as well too. So I've been using this for maybe about a year now. And the reason I like it is because it takes everything out of my head and I like the visual. I like the fact that I can see it. So before I go to bed at the end of the day, I take a picture of it. I have it in my phone. I can look at it in my phone and say, okay, these are the things that I need to do today. These are the things that I need to get accomplished. These are the things that aren't important. These are the things that are important. These are the things that are urgent. These are the things that are not urgent. And it just helps me clarify all the things that are on my plate and puts it into perspective for me. Now, I definitely encourage you to take advantage of this tool if you are looking for something to help you become a little bit more productive. I wouldn't have suggested this if I didn't think that it was valuable. I've been using this for about a year already. And like I said, I use the flip chart paper in my office and I use sticky notes for my tasks. And for myself, I get all of that in a visual manner. I get to see everything that I have to do. I see the urgent tasks, the important tasks, the tasks that aren't urgent, aren't important. And to me, it's just, it's valuable to break down everything that's on my plate into the quadrant. And at that point in time, I can then prioritize my time in terms of where I want to put it and what needs it right now. So I highly encourage you to definitely leverage this tool. It's one that I found valuable. And uh, if you give it a try, hit me up on email. Let me know what you think about it. Golden nugget number two, David and the boulders. Now, David, a student on vacation from USD, he decided to take a road trip from San Diego, California to Banff, Alberta. He heard from a friend that there was a shortcut to getting there if he felt comfortable going a little bit off-road. So David decided this was a great opportunity for him to have a little bit of an adventure on his trip. So he decided to take this off-road path. Now everything was going well on this road trip until he got into the mountains and noticed the road was freshly blocked with rocks from a small landslide which now separated him from his destination. 
So David, a little bit frustrated, he got out of his car and looked at the big boulders and all the little stones, and he was encouraged by it because he knew that he could get through them if he moved them all one by one. So he sat there for a second and thought about the best way to get through this mess. I mean, he could start by moving the largest boulders first, but I mean, that's hard work, but it's also the fastest way to clear the roads so we can move forward. On the other hand, he could also start by moving the little boulders. I mean, it's easier, but it's going to take him way longer, and he might not even be able to move through if he doesn't move the big ones first. So after thinking about it a little bit more carefully, he decided that the most productive option for him would be to focus on the big boulders. So he rolled up his sleeves and started to push all the big boulders out of the way slowly, and he was making great progress. But as he kept focusing on the big boulders, he got tired, and he started losing focus. So he stopped moving the big ones, and he put his attention on all the smaller boulders that were really easy to move, but he left all the big ones alone, which really didn't help him in the end because he took a step back and looked and said, wow, I moved all these little boulders, but the big ones were still blocking my way. I can't get my car through. So after three hours, he spent only one hour moving the big rocks and two hours moving the little rocks. Frustrated as hell, he decided that he was going to just take a quick nap and reset. When he woke up at 8 a.m., he decided that he needed to take a different approach to getting this done. So what he decided to do was he scratched numbers on the big rocks and set a time limit for himself to move all six big rocks before noon. Now his plan, though, was to focus on moving two at a time. So for every two big boulders he would move, he would take a few minutes to rest by moving the little boulders. And then after he moved those little boulders and he had a little bit more energy, he would go back to moving the big ones and then repeat that one more time. So that's exactly what he did. And after four and a half hours of painful hard work, all of the boulders were moved, the little boulders and the big boulders were moved, and David was now on his way to a much-deserved vacation. So what lesson can we take from David and the boulders? If you're focusing on items in quadrant two, the big boulders, many of them are incredibly important, but very large tasks and will very likely tire you out, at which point you're more likely to focus on busying yourself with small tasks, those smaller boulders that are outside of Q2. So the best way to avoid that is like David, start by designing a master task list for yourself where you can plan and track important tasks for the week. Looking at all the items you have on your quadrant, all the big boulders and the little ones, set up your week based off of those items that need to be accomplished. Once you figure out how many hours you're going to need to put into each task every day for the week, enter those tasks directly into your calendar. Whether it's a Gmail calendar or an Outlook calendar or whatever calendar you use, block off time for doing those tasks. I would suggest you block off more time for those tasks in Q2, which are the big boulders, and separate those big tasks with little ones, like the urgent emails or phone calls that are in Q1 or Q3. This method of organizing your time will absolutely help you streamline your incoming tasks to help you accomplish more by the end of the week. Just don't forget to manage your list. Free up 30 minutes per week or 10 minutes at the end of the day to go over your master task list and update it for the upcoming day and the upcoming week. All right, time for our bonus nugget. Improve your efficiency using online timer tools. This bonus nugget is brought to you by Modern Earth Web Design. The way you interact with your customers has changed. Traditional forms of marketing, they're just not as effective as they once were. Are you doing enough to keep pace with your competition? 
Modern Earth Web Design are experts at online marketing and can help you lead the way in your industry with active blog and social media management, ongoing search engine optimization, and targeted pay-per-click campaigns on Facebook, Twitter, Google, and more. Visit modernearth.net to set up a no-obligation consultation to see what online marketing can do for your website. modernearth.net, solutions for an online world. All right, so how do we improve our efficiency using online timer tools? Online timer tools are a great way to track what you're getting done and make sure you're using your time efficiently. Now, different timer tools will appeal to different working styles, so they gave us three timer tools to choose from. The first of which is Toggle, that's T-O-G-G-L. Now, Toggle will help you have clear, predefined tasks to complete. It also works great for teams that need to track if their time is billable or non-billable. Now, myself, I've used Toggle. It requires you to put in very specific deliverables in terms of what you're accomplishing and how much time you're putting towards that. And it can also help you to define which is billable, which is not billable. So I like Toggle. It's a very simple tool to use. The next tool they mentioned is the Pomodoro Technique. Now, this is actually uh, an Italian name. Pomodoro comes from the word tomato, just a little Italian lesson for you there. Now, the Pomodoro Technique offers a 25-minute countdown timer. Now, the theory behind the Pomodoro Technique is that you put 25-minute blocks of work in broken up by 5- to 10-minute breaks. What this does is it increases your productivity and encourages you to stay focused on the task at hand for a set period of time. So you might want to look at the Pomodoro Technique as well too. It's fairly interesting. And last but not least, TimerTab. Now, TimerTab will help you complete tasks in shorter periods of time, and it does this by warning you when you're nearing your time budget limit. You know, I like TimerTab because it really helps you to focus. You know, let's say you budget three hours to get something done, and you're easily distracted if you're in the office by people walking through, talking to you about Big Brother last night, or you might be looking at uh, something online. Maybe you found an article through Twitter, or maybe somebody texted you, or whatever it is. It's so easy to get distracted. What I find with TimerTab is that it allows you to allow yourself to focus because you look at this and you say, listen, I have a running timer here and it only has three hours and I have to get as much done in this three-hour time period as possible. So use one of these things. You either have Toggle, Pomodoro Technique, or TimerTab. Each one of these can work for you in your different style, so I would highly suggest you just go online and try one of them out. Maybe the Pomodoro Technique works for you. Maybe TimerTab works for you. Maybe Toggle that works for you. Whichever one works for you, put into practice for yourself. So the next time you're putting a tool into place to help you manage your time better, the folks at Modern Earth Web Design, they want you to consider using efficient tools like Toggle, the Pomodoro Technique, and TimeTab. Thank you so much to Modern Earth Web Design for this bonus nugget. That website, again, is modernearth.net. And the last golden nugget, golden nugget number three, Jessica's three energy boosting tips. Jeremy was having a really tough time at work. His boss is there breathing down his neck to get everything on his master task list completed. He had all the pressures on him to deliver, and if he didn't, he was scared he would get fired. Now, Jeremy was a hard worker. He consistently put in 12-hour days at the office. He'd wake up early, go to work, get home, eat, watch a little bit of TV, and go to bed to do it all again the next morning. Every day was a struggle because he had such low energy levels. feel bad for the guy. One day, his co-worker Jessica came to him while he was in the lunchroom on break. Jessica sat next to Jeremy and asked why he was looking so tired. He told her, I have so much on my plate right now, Jessica. I can barely keep up. 
She asked him if she could see his master task list. So he pulled it up and showed her. Jessica looked at his list, looked at him, looked back at the list, looked at him, looked at the list again, looked at him and said, Jeremy, you could do this. A little frustrated because he felt she didn't know what the hell she was talking about, Jeremy lashed out at Jessica and said, Listen, it's easy for you to say that. You're not in the middle of all this garbage. The reality is that I just have to get this done or I'm going to get fired. So Jessica, who is calm and who lives a very healthy lifestyle, she told Jeremy that his problem had nothing to do with his workload, but with the amount of energy he brought to the day. And if he just had more energy, he could do double the amount he was currently doing and get it done ahead of schedule. He liked the sound of that, so he asked her what he had to do to increase his energy levels. Jessica told him that he could have all the productivity systems in the world, but unless he started taking better care of himself, he would always set himself up for failure. So Jessica gave him three things to consider. First was to find a powerful purpose in everything he did. So she asked him what his deep-seated motivation was for doing productive work. She wanted him to find something rewarding that would act as fuel for him. Next, she suggested that a job he feels good about isn't enough, and that he needs to draw energy from his physical body. Because we're not designed to sit around all day, she suggested that he take three short breaks and get in some movement to keep energy levels up, and to try and go for a short walk in the evening and in the morning with music on his ears to start and end his day with energy. Finally, she suggests that his network of connections are also an important source of energy. So knowing Jeremy would be confused by this, Jessica told him that energy largely depends on the health of our social networks, our relationships, and our friends. She suggested that he take time to go out with his girlfriend for a drink after work and make time to go golfing with his friends once a week because it would give him a jolt of energy. So after a couple of weeks of taking these actions, Jeremy had more energy than he did previously and was able to approach his work with far more energy and far more focus. So in other words, most of us work too much, sleep too little, eat poorly, stress out all the time. So we sabotage ourselves and our energy levels suffer as a result. Now, it's so easy to neglect these things, but a big factor between people who are feeling unsuccessful and those who are extraordinarily productive is that they take care of themselves and create time for exercise. They make time for their friends and family, and they have something internally that drives them forward. So the takeaways here, obviously, if you're not exercising, you need to have an exercise plan in place. Just like the suggestion she made to Jeremy, go for a walk in the morning or in the evening. Go for walks throughout your day, just short 10-minute walks, just to get some movement. We need movement. We got to get that blood pumping. Once we get that blood pumping, that blood's going to go to our brain. It's going to go to our muscles. It's going to wake us up. It's going to make us more alert. Exercise. It's so important. Get that in your head. Number two, find your purpose. Find your why. Again, we go back to Simon Sinek. Why do you do what you do? That's episode 12 of Cut the Crap Podcast. If you don't know why you do what you do, maybe go back to that one and listen. And maybe think about why you do what you do. Find that reason inside that really drives you. And finally, make time for your family, for your friends, for social activities. Now, you might not like your family. You might not like your friends. Whatever it is, find time to hang out with people that give you energy. That's so important. Now, this might be very applicable to an extrovert. Maybe you're an introvert and you don't like hanging out with people. Regardless, people are energy. 
Go with one of your girlfriends. Go with one of your buddies and just have time for a beer. Go for a wine because it's going to give you a little bit of an energy boost. I know for myself that when I hang out with my friends, I go golfing once a week with my friends. I get a nice jolt of energy off of that. I really do. And it just keeps me going. It gives me something to look forward to as well. So take those three things into consideration and put them into practice for yourself. I think having a little bit more energy will absolutely make you more productive because it's not about how much time you put in. It's about how much energy you can put into that time. All right, my friends, there we have it. There is episode 28, The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity by Corey Kogan, Adam Merrill, and Lena Rene. Now, if you're interested in getting the synopsis for this, all the notes, all the notes that I put together, if you're looking for the summary, go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for the weekly summaries. Every single week, I'll send you the summary in PDF format in your inbox Monday morning so that you have that handy when you listen. You can make notes on it. Hell, you can just store it for future reference as well, too, if you like having a physical copy. I know that I like to have that, so I want to make sure that you have that as well, too. So thank you so much, you guys, for joining me today on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast. I will be back here next week with a brand new business book and brand new golden nuggets. Have a fantastic, productive week, and we'll see you guys next time. Love you guys. Take it easy. If you decide in any particular area that you're concerned about to make a conscious, deliberate, determined effort to read one book a month in that area, in five years, you'll be among the top 5% experts in the world. Some of y'all want a promotion, right? Listen to me, you want a promotion, but listen to me close. I'm gonna tell you what you gotta do. So if you give me increased performance, hear me, increased performance, it's going to increase your pay. I don't know if it's basketball, if it's soccer, I mean, I don't know what it is, it's sales. I'm not sure what you're doing, law, I, I don't know. If you're education, I don't know what you're doing. But if you teach and you're the same teacher this year than you were last year, that's a problem. And so I need increased performance because once you increase your performance, everything else increases. Whatever your dream is, whatever your goal is, you're not gonna be able to make it happen if you don't have a dream party every day. Like you've gotta have a dream session. You've gotta take out 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, however much time you have, and you've gotta actually go in a room, close the door, and you've gotta see yourself doing it. You've gotta feel yourself doing it. You've gotta actually walk in it. You've gotta go in the future, live it out, come back in the present, and start working toward it. Before we can do the impossible, you gotta do the impossible. That's right, I'm gonna say it again. Before you can do the impossible, you gotta do the possible. And when you look the word up, possible, what does it mean? What you're capable of doing or becoming. So, I don't need you to do small, that's the minimal. I need you to do every single day, Monday through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the weekend. I need you to do what you're possible, what you're capable, what you're able to do. No excuses this year. The secret to real happiness is progress. Progress equals happiness. And if we can make progress on a regular basis, we feel alive. And that's why at the beginning of the year, we get this thing like, okay, I can have this fresh start. I can really do what my soul desires. I can expand. I can grow. I can improve. I can change. Or maybe better than change, I can progress.
I just need you to get started, right? I just need you to get that ball because I talked about it. Once you can get that momentum going, once that momentum gets going, boom, there's no telling where you can go. If you quit, it's never going to happen. If you quit, if you give up, if you stop, if you do not persevere, listen to me, you will never see it. And I tell people all the time, I didn't get here through academics. I got here because I refused to quit. It may not happen in six months. It may not happen in a year. It may not happen in two years. But at some point, my dream is going to become a reality. Every rep that I do, every set that I do, every weight that I lift, I get one step closer to turning that vision of mine into reality and becoming that Mr. Universe. I could not wait to lift another 500 pounds in the squats. I could not wait to do another thousand sit-ups. I could not wait to do bench press, more bench press and more curls until I couldn't move my arms anymore. Because I knew that every rep got me closer to standing on that stage as a champion.